0: the incredible value of the Bible in life, and specifically
1: marriage. From pastor and author, Dr. Michael Youssef. I want to declare to you that I have no intention of standing here of giving you one more lecture, one more advice on communication and marriage. I have no intention of doing that. And I'll tell you why, because the older I get, the more I am absolutely convinced in my own spirit and in my own heart, that if a person is not willing to hear and heed the Word of God, all of the advice in the world will not help you. And the Word of God before us is the command, the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Welcome to
0: Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yousaf. The word adultery draws out differing emotions in different people. Many remember circumstances in their own family or friends where adultery brought pain and destruction. Today on Leading the Way, Dr. Youssef looks at the impact of the Seventh Commandment and how a few simple steps can protect you and your family. It's all part of Dr. Youssef's series, The Ten Commandments. Listen now to
1: a very practical look at why marriages fail. Most thoughtful people, must been puzzled at the fact that our generation has more, far more knowledge of so-called human sexuality than any previous generation. Uh, the, any thoughtful person must be puzzled at the fact that our generation has more books and tapes and seminars and radio and television, experts on the subject of marriage and marriage teaching than all the previous generation put together. I think any thoughtful person has to be puzzled at the fact that this generation has more information on communication in marriage than the previous generations all put together and yet the rate of divorce is unprecedented. The rate of marital infidelity is unprecedented. The rate of discontentment in marriages is unprecedented. The rate of fear of commitment to marriage on the part of young men is probably unprecedented in our time. Surely any thinking person must have asked themselves the question, is there a relationship between the two? On the one hand, we have so much unprecedented knowledge and information and on the other hand, we have unprecedented failure. I'm convinced in my own heart is that the core reason for infidelity in marriage is selfishness. And the core reason for selfishness is lack of love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And lack of love for the Lord Jesus Christ is manifesting itself for lack of love for A spouse and children, let alone for the body of Christ at large. It causes me to wonder if we're not living in the days that Jesus talked about. When the love of many will grow cold. I just wonder. I'm not making a statement, I just wonder. I certainly pray every day, come Lord Jesus. And so I want to declare to you that I have no intention of standing here of giving you one more lecture, one more advice on communication and marriage. I have no intention of doing that. And I'll tell you why. Because the older I get, the more I am absolutely convinced in my own spirit and in my own heart that if a person is not willing to hear and heed the word of God... All of the advice in the world will not help you! All of the preaching in the world will not help you! All of the explanations in the world will not help you! All of the rationalization in the world will not help you! All of the counseling in the world will not help you! All of the information and knowledge in the world will not help you! All of the prodding and exhorting is just not gonna help you if you are willing to hear and heed the word of God. And the word of God before us is the command, the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. I want you to turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. Here's what Jesus said about the seventh commandment in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that everyone who looks Really more literally gaze or gazes at a woman lustfully. Has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better to lose one part of your body than the whole body be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole body go to hell. He is dealing with the root of sin, not just the fruit. Just as he said that anger is the root for the fruit of murder, he is saying that continuous lust is the root of the fruit of adultery. He warns us about the root of adultery. He explains that adultery doesn't just happen. He is saying... That adultery gets into our minds, through our eyes, and then becomes reality. As always, Jesus is always concerned about us opening the door to the wild animal to come into the house. And then complain when he devastates the house. He's saying, shut the door. Shut the door. And often we can never shut the door by our own strength. Only through the power and the blood and the power of the holy blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit can we do it. Jesus, of course, speaking figuratively, speaking here about gouging your eye and cutting your hand. This is the way the Hebrew people speak. Here's what he's saying he said, Give up whatever is necessary, even the most cherished things you possess, your eyes, your hand, your limbs, in order to protect yourself against evil. You know, whenever a leader falls, a lot of people get shocked and they get surprised, and, and, and we should be. We should be shocked. We should never be used to that. But in reality, while the knowledge of falling is shocking and it shocks us, it didn't just happen overnight. These things do not happen overnight. Many times I tell our staff and in various times, and I, I explain to them that all sins, like and, and adultery is included, is like a gas leak. And this gas leak has been going on for a long time. And it's very slow and almost imperceptible. But then as soon as the spark hits, the house is burnt down. Watch out for the gas leak. That's what Jesus is saying in common language. Watch out for the gas leak. But I want to tell you that the primary cause for adultery is lack of accountability to our spouses. It's lack of accountability to our spouses. Now, I know that's harder for men. It takes humility to do that. Let me tell you something. I consider my wife to be my primary congregation. If I'm not a good pastor to her, I will not be a good pastor to you. And you need to go and find a good pastor. I want you to hear me right on what I'm going to tell you. Anyone who spends so much time, whether in ministry or work, at the expense of time with your spouse or your children, I want to tell you there is a gas leak happening. In your life. Anyone who spends a great deal of time alone with somebody of the opposite sex who is not your spouse. There is a gas leak and the gas leak will continue until sooner or later the spark is going to be lit. Anyone, whether in a church or outside of the church. If they begin to confide in a person of the opposite sex other than their spouse. Sooner or later the spark is going to catch fire. And that is why what I want to share with you very briefly, three lessons from the life of King David. You know, King David could not deal with the root of sin. Did not deal with the root. And he ended up with the fruit. Had he, he was heeding the words that later to be spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ, he wouldn't have been in the mess that he found himself in. And you know what? A thousand years later, that was felt even today. I don't care who you are or what you do. Because these are the words to me as well as are to you. That if the man who won great victories for Israel. If the man who conquered all of his enemies. If the man who wrote these beautiful psalms and hymns. If this man whom God said of him that I found his heart after my own heart. If he would fall and stumble then every one of us must take heed. So what are these lessons that we can take from David's not dealing with the root of sin? Number one, contrary to our culture, adultery is not manly at all. It's not masculine at all. Our culture trying to tell us that it is masculine to commit adultery, absolutely the opposite. In fact, the Bible says the opposite. In 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1, we see David's, Adultery was a result of not being manly. Is a result of failure for godly manliness. The Bible said that he remained in Jerusalem instead of being at work. While he should have been leading the battle, he decided to take it easy at home. Let me tell you something. The man who lives for his wife and children. The woman who lives for her husband and children. I want to tell you they will not be easily become vulnerable to sexual temptations. This is very important. Sexual sins are never about just sex. Did you hear what I just said? Sexual sins are never just about sex. They're always connected to the rest of life. They really are. David would not have committed adultery had he been where he should have been. Had he been where God wanted him to be? Instead, in his idleness, in his isolation, he gave in to temptation. I want you to hear me right on this one. When you live for yourself, when your focus is yourself, when your money and your effort and your energy are all expended on yourself, when your goals are dream and dreams in life are all self-focused, I want to tell you, watch out, watch out. David's adultery was far from being manly, as our culture tried to tell us. Secondly, David allowed the glance to become a gaze. There are a whole world of difference between a glance and a gaze. And there's nothing wrong with looking at somebody of the opposite sex and said, is no wonderful. God did a good job. But when that glance turned into a gaze, that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter five. Don't allow that to be a gaze. Listen carefully. Being very careful of what you continuously read. Being careful of what you continuously watch. Being careful of what you log onto on your computer will help you avoid a whole lot of mess. For the very root of the tree of adultery is gazing, looking. And let me tell you something. Listen to me. This is serious business. Beloved, this is important. Don't bury your head in the sand and say, that will never happen to me. That will never happen to my children. Don't bury your head in the sand. Get yourself into some accountability group. Probably many years ago, that accountability thing because, you know, the culture, the, the family, the church, everybody was together. But now, we need it more than ever as the culture falls apart. Contrary to what our culture said, adultery is not manly at all. It's not masculine at all. And secondly, allowing the glance becomes a gaze or well, be dangerous and hazardous for your spirit. And thirdly, you must keep short accounts with your spouse. If you allow the sun to go down on your anger day in and day out, week in and week out, if you allow anger to go underground inside of you and fester sooner or later the devil is going to show up. (laughs) He will show up. I mean he's been waiting for an opportunity. And you know what he's going to do? You say, well, poor you. Poor you. You're such a wonderful person. You don't deserve this. You're such a wonderful person. You deserve better. You are a victim in this marriage. You have been suffering for so long. (laughs) You know what? Whenever the devil appears sympathetic, brother, run. (laughs) He's up to no good. He's never up to any good. But especially if he shows up, and he shows up as sympathetic to your situation. If he ever shows up to make you feel sorry for yourself. Oh, brother, take a cold shower. Because you know what the next thing is? Here's what the next thing he's doing. He's preparing a Bathsheba. He's preparing a Bathsheba on the roof. Whatever the cultural equivalence of that in our time. We know from scripture that Michael, David's wife, the daughter of Saul, like her father, she was cantankerous, she was critical, and she's always gave the poor guy hard time. He goes down to praise God in the middle of the congregation, she waits for him, and she lets him have it as soon as he comes home. Sure, okay, he's got some problems. Nobody's going to deny that. But you know what? I'm not, this is not in the Bible. I'm going to say it's not in the Bible. I'm convinced the devil came to him and said, David, you the king of Israel. Man, you're the most powerful man in the world. I mean, you should get better respect than that. You should. You deserve better, David. I'm convinced the devil did this. And so instead of resolving his conflict with his wife, he gazed on somebody else's wife. And you know what happened to David. Do I need to tell you? The son of his adultery died. David's own family was torn apart with rape and incest. His beloved son Absalom tried to conduct a coup d'etat and get rid of his father as king and, and nearly lost everything that he worked for and wanted to accomplish for God. David confessed to the Lord. David repented of his sin And he received forgiveness from the hand of God. But you know, the scars will always be there. And they've been there to teach us not to make David's mistake and play havoc with the root of adultery. Whatever situation you're in, whatever situation you're in, whatever situation you find yourself right now, I want to tell you on the authority of the Word of God, Whether you are in sexual adultery, whether you are in an emotional adultery, whether you are on your way to breaking the marriage vows, listen to me. I'm urging you, no, I'm pleading with you to do the following. First of all, own up to your sin. Own up to your sin. Confess it to God and to those who need to hear your confession. Not everybody else in the world, but those who need to hear the confession. Repent of it. Receive and give forgiveness. Secondly, begin again. Begin again. Every time I come under conviction, the devil will come to me, Ah, oh, you can't start again. You can't start again. It's too late now. Stay where you are. But that's what the devil wants you to do. But God wants you to start again. God is saying, "Remember from where you have fallen, and go back to that point, repent and confess and turn to the Lord, because He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you power. He wants to cover you with His blood, so that you be an overcomer. Finally, I want to tell you, a growing relationship with your spouse, an accountability in your relationship with your spouse, a deep love for your spouse. A deep commitment to meet your spouse's need, listen to me, a deep commitment to meeting your spouse's needs will go a long way to a building purity in your marriage. I've never seen, I've never seen a crumbling marriage when both spouses are falling over each other, trying to meet the other's need. I've just not seen it yet. Now, if you know of one, please tell me. I've not seen it. I doubt whether there is such one. In fact, I I remember the words of Dr. Evans, who was former pastor of Hollywood Presbyterian Church. He he said once, he said, I never knew a couple that went for a divorce after first praying together on their knees every day for a week. Now, single folks, I know this particular command is for married people because it's adultery. But the Bible talks about fornication. And I want to leave the single ones out. And fornication, just as much of a sin as adultery. And what God wants from you until the day you marry is to be sexually pure. And you say, how can I do this? Well, the way is that watch what you watch. Don't watch what you're watching. Keep your ears and your eyes under the guard of the Holy Spirit. Focus on the death of Christ for your sin. The perfect, holy Son of God doing that for my sin. Not so that I may continue to sin, but so that I may have His power to overcome sin. And finally, I want you to remember this sexual temptations can only be run away from, not discussed, not negotiated. Not questions asked. Run away. Run away. The Bible is very clear about this. This is one sin that you do not try to overcome. You just run. In contrast to David, what did Joseph do? He ran. He lost his coat, but he kept his fidelity. Better to lose your coat than your fidelity. Paul exalts Timothy. What does he say? He said, Timothy, from sexual temptations, flee. Just flee. Run. Somebody here today needs to take the first step of confession and repentance. Someone here today might want to cry with David. Cleanse me with a hyssop that I will be cleansed. Wash me that I will be whiter than snow. I was reading one of the old timers. And he said, talking about how, We call it defeat and victory. And defeat and victory is in reality. In most sins, not defeat and victory. It's obedience or disobedience. It's either obedience or disobedience. And if you find yourself in disobedience, God longs for you to become an obedient child. He wants that more for you than you want it for yourself. Do you believe that? Let this be the day. Father, we live in this age and culture that is so sexually charged. Commercials, everything, everything we turn to. And that is why we know that your word said that those who are overcame, overcome, overcame by the, their testimony and the blood, teach us today that we cannot obey in our own strength, only in yours. Teach us today to draw upon your strength to stand
0: Challenging words from Dr. Michael Youssef on today's Leading the Way. We thank you for taking the time to listen. Hey, would you like to hear this message again? Maybe you thought about someone you'd like to share it with. Start by going to ltw.org. Well, as this week begins to wind down, enjoy some words recently heard from a woman in Algeria. She told Dr. Youssef how Leading the Way impacted the life of her family. Here are some highlights from her correspondence. She says, Years ago, my family came to know Christ, yet recently my marriage had many difficulties to the point where divorce was being discussed. After listening to Leading the Way, my husband and I felt the mercy and peace of the Lord overwhelm us. We continue to listen and experience the Lord working in our lives. We are thankful to have been guided to leading the way. Well, friends, we are thankful that God used leading the way to introduce God's healing to this family. And that's only possible through your prayers and your financial support. So if you haven't partnered with Dr. Youssef in leading the way, won't you consider doing that today? There are many ways. A one time gift, as God blesses. Or perhaps regular giving monthly or quarterly as your finances allow whatever works best we are so thankful and we ask you to consider partnering with us today the number to call for any questions is 866-626-4356 or you can go online to ltw.org
1: you can partner with dr yusuf in his vital work around the world by becoming a frontline mission partner As a Frontline Mission Partner, your monthly gifts will help Dr. Yusuf expand leading the way's outreach through every form of media, equip believers to impact their communities for Christ, as well as reach the unsaved and unreached around the world. Brand new Frontline Mission Partners will receive special ministry benefits, including the On the Frontlines photo booklet, as well as exclusive ministry updates, and a 20% discount on all resources at ltw.org. Become a Frontline Mission Partner today by committing to give financially each month, and you'll be joining with Dr. Youssef as he proclaims the gospel all over the globe. Sign up today at ltw.org frontline, ltw.org frontline.
0: This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.